to the Raven Narratives, stories from the high desert. I'm Tom Yoder. And I'm Sarah Severson, and we're the co-producers of the Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told live by Mika Rosenauer at the Sunflower Theater in Cortez, Colorado, in January of 2016, when the theme for the evening was Wild Places. Mika lives in Durango, Colorado, and spends most of her days working to empower our community to protect the public lands we all love. While she loves to bike, ski, and climb, Mika is constantly torn between wanting to be a badass and wanting to stay home and snuggle. Here's Mika's story. So when I was in college at Berkeley, all I wanted to do was get paid to play outside and live the dream. Um, And so I started teaching myself to climb and to ski and to kayak. And I met these people called outdoor educators. I was like, who are you? You're so cool. They're so, all their car hearts and flannel and pickled vegetables and homemade guitars. I just wanted to be that awesome. Uh, So I worked really hard. And every summer I was leading trips and working for summer camps and working for free. And then when I was 21, I got my first real job as a guide. And I led two trips, one to Hawaii with a bunch of 16-year-olds and then one to Costa Rica. And after the summer was done, I thought I was in and I was so cool and I was gonna make it, and I got fired. (laughs) My first trip, I was way too strict and I was following the rules too much and the kids didn't like it. And on my second trip, I overcompensated and maybe some of the kids almost drowned. They were fine, but didn't go so hot. So instead of becoming an outdoor educator, I graduated and moved to Washington, D.C. and became a tax policy lobbyist, uh, which almost killed me. So it took a few years for my broken heart to heal, but eventually, you know, after lots of crying and realizing I didn't want to wear suits every day, I applied for a job and packed up my car and sold everything and moved to North Carolina. And I went to go work for a school called the Outdoor Academy, which is the hippie of the hippie boarding school. Uh, There's a little farm and there's 16 students and the whole school is based on the hero's journey. Uh, The curriculum is about helping the kids realize that they can push their limits and be the people they wanna be. And my job as the wilderness educator was to push them right to that boundary and then pull them back just so they could realize that they too were leaders. Um, But I didn't really know if I could do this. Um, My co-leader Felix like knit his own sweaters and my other co-leader Katie sung the kids to sleep over every night with these bluegrass songs she wrote herself and I was just faking it till I made it. I was hoping I could do it and nobody would find out I was full of crap. Um, But I was, you know, living my dream. So the semester is going really well and we take our students on their culminating backpacking trip. This is the moment. This is the abyss that they stare into. The, The ledge they walk over and realize coming back that they can do this, that they can be heroes in their own lives. So it's a 10 day backpacking trip. I'm out there with Felix, my knitting, amazing, bluegrass singing co-leader, and I'm trying so hard to be cool. I'm asking thoughtful questions and I'm telling prophetic stories at night and repeating Robert Frost poems, like I'm doing it. (laughs) Um, And so we get to the very last days of the trip and you know, the kids like me and nobody's died, which is win. Um, and we are supposed to hike up to this, the highest ridge line in North Carolina in Pisgah Forest called Shining Rock. 
And it is this beautiful, thin ridge line, and you come out of these glacial valleys up to this gorgeous quartzite boulder the size of a house. And it is supposed to be reflective and beautiful and spiritual. It's everything I love as a cool outdoor educator. <laughs> um, so we get up there, and the students have been working all day, and they're so excited to go home and talk about how cool their trip was. Um, but I see this storm rolling in. So I put them to bed knowing that maybe there'll be a little weather in the morning, but we're probably gonna be fine. Uh, instead, basically my worst nightmare breaks loose. Uh, I don't sleep a single wink that night because there are 35 mile an hour winds blowing and lightning starts to go off. And my co-leader Felix is sleeping without a sleeping bag because who needs a sleeping bag in 40 degree weather in North Carolina? And I am trying not to cry. Um, so I, get up at 5.30, having not slept at all, and decide there is no cool here. Now we're in panic mode. So I take this trip back from my kids, and it's really hard to do because they want to be in charge. And I wake them all up and I say, get your stuff in your bag, put on your rain gear, I don't care how crappy it is, we are hiking off this mountain. And they are not psyched. <laughs> uh, so I basically death march them eight miles <laughs> off this ridge line with lightning and wind, and I'm trying not to cry. They're already crying. Some of their rain gear makes it look like maybe their whole body is crying. It's very not great. And all we have to do is get to this one river at the base of the mountain, and we can cross it into the black forest, and then we are done. Our car is basically waiting for us on the other side, and tomorrow morning we can go home. So we hike all the way off this mountain, and I am soaking wet. And I can be nice, and I can be patient, but when I'm cold, I can be neither. So I'm just doing everything I can to hold it together for the kids. And we get to this river, and we're so, I can see our campsite. But what is supposed to be ankle deep is waist deep on me. And as you could tell by the microphone, I am not a small or like slight woman. My 15, 16 year old girls are 5'1 with backpacks twice their weight, and I don't know what to do. Like I know I have to get them across this river because they need to be heroes and this is my job, and I'm cool, and we're gonna figure it out. Uh, but I'm looking at this river, and I'm looking at them, and it's raining ice water, and I lock eyes with one of my students, Ariella, and she looks at me and just starts sobbing. <laughs> and I realize it is 3.30 in the afternoon, it has been raining ice all day, there's lightning going off, and we haven't even eaten, so I decide we can't go. And it is the uncool decision, but we have to hike three miles back up the mountain to the only other protected campsite I know is here. So I take Felix, and I gather the kids in a circle, and they all look like this. <laughs> and I do the only thing I can think of. I just start singing Taylor Swift. <laughs> so... <laughs> I turn them around and I say, we're gonna do this because we're all gonna be heroes and we're hiking back up the mountain and I know you hate that, but Taylor Swift says shake it off so it's gonna be okay, right? So my kids are crying and walking and I'm basically crying but I'm screaming, shake it off. And we finally make it to this campsite and I set up all their tents for them and I push them in their tents and I say, just eat what you can and go to bed. And by the time I get in my own tent, I am so tired and so drained and so emotionally exhausted that I actually can't move. I've been hypothermic before and I'm just sitting in my tent 
unable to speak. And so Felix leans over to me and he spoon feeds me peanut butter as I rip open my sleeping bag and pile it into the pool of water at the bottom of our tent. And we all just go to sleep. And in the morning, I wake up first and the sun is shining and maybe all of our boots and socks are frozen solid. I'm not kidding, I've never seen socks frozen solid. Didn't know that was a thing, I'm from California. <laughs> but it is a thing. And, you know, we realize three miles isn't that far, we find another road out, we go home, I put the kids on a bus and I take them back. And I'm thinking to myself, Ugh, like I'm not, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get my kids to their hero moment. But I turn on the radio on the bus when we finally get service and Taylor Swift comes on the radio. And then all the kids are screaming. Every song that comes on the radio, they're singing. And for the rest of the semester, the last few days they're there, all they can do is talk about what badasses they are for looking at this river and bushwhacking three miles backwards and the storm is huge and there's a hurricane and bears. And I realized they are heroes and maybe I got them there after all. And so what I learned from that is cool is overrated. The coolest thing I can do is make good decisions and being an outdoor leader isn't about pushing your students till they break. It's about looking at your limits and looking at theirs and realizing that sometimes all you can do is eat peanut butter and sing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>